Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly look at the league-leading Perth Wildcats through the eyes of a man who has shed plenty of blood for the cause. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now in the West, and the man joining me every week, three-time NBL champ and Perth Wildcats, a banged-up Perth Wildcats vice-captain, <laughs> it's fair to say, Greg Hyer. How are you holding up, Greg? Yeah, I mean, just adding, I think I've received four head knocks in the last two weeks. Unfortunately, today at training, uh, got a little bit of friendly fire, um, not only Clint Steiner was was guarding me and got a little shoulder to the area which I've got six stitches in and then Clint Steiner the sniper uh, yeah. in more ways than one and as we discussed you thought he's not really the guy to, yeah. to be physical but you know when training uh, there's no referees who gets away with murder so he likes to sort of uh, flex his muscles a little bit but yeah. um, and then uh, unfortunately so I was like gutted I was like here we go um, this is on a on a lighter week um, still copying knocks to the to the head mm. and then and uh, only a few possessions later, a, a rebound that myself and Lachlan Cummings were uh, trying to get, but um, I basically let him get the rebound because it was a really a, basically a dead play. And funnily enough, the ball just got a weird bounce and his hands just flowed everywhere and then smacked me in the, uh, in the head. So I basically just subbed myself out for a moment just to uh, to calm down because mm-hmm. uh, my grumpiness then obviously became very apparent because I was like, I am seriously cannot catch a break. So, yeah, after getting two head knocks in the game against New Zealand on Friday to my son nearly accidentally kicking... Well, not accidentally, I'm sure he was trying to kick me in the head while he, or he was, he was wake up in the morning to then getting a little bit of a knock from the teammate. It's, it's, uh, it hasn't been fun times this week, that's for sure. Yes, but it has been fun times <laughs> on the court in terms of results. 10-1 and one you mm. guys are for the second time in club history. 2013-14 was the other time yep. when uh, James Ennis and Co. were good in year town. That was. that was a good year for you guys. Um, two big wins over New Zealand, the second of which came without Bryce Cotton in a game where, I'll be completely honest, I'm not quite sure how you pulled off that win. You're down 16 mm. just before half time. As I say, no Bryce Cotton. You're missing Damo, obviously, as well. So you're starting backcourt. Um, just an, an incredible win. I mean, talk me through what a win like that does for the confidence because some wins are, are more important than others yeah. and you got the feeling on Sunday that that one was a really significant one huge I mean uh, telling us you know with a new group that you're going to head into that fever break 10 and 1 um, you know I would have not said I well, obviously would have had a lot of faith and belief but you know um, I would have been absolutely stoked to, be, yeah. to have and that and even on the back of coming back from correct, the US straight exactly, to Adelaide exactly you know and, and the circumstances that we had we haven't had our full roster for oh, God knows how long you're missing three starters and mm-hmm. yeah you're exactly right when you know I get a phone call from uh, Trev on Saturday saying look Bryce is maybe in doubt and then usually that means yeah he's not going to play to mm-hmm. then being told at our pre-game shooter and yeah he's unavailable for selection it's yeah he's sort of you know, I was a bit uh, apprehensive a bit nervous I mean we've had him in, a, in our team for two and a half years and he's a focal piece I yes, mean and he had never missed a game since correct, his arrived, you know, so. And, um, and so yeah there's no doubt about it I was thinking you know like obviously love our group and because we've shown it so many times this year um, that we, we can respond in a really big manner but there was no doubt I was like thinking this is definitely going to be a tough one um, and if we could get out there you know 2-0 um, from the weekend it, it, you'd be absolutely pumped and 
obviously the start was pretty poor, you know, and, and more so from us. Obviously, defensively, we were a horrible transition, but I think we, uh, I guess, really um, took it took offence to the way the referees sort of um, dictated the game early uh, um, you know in terms of we let our emotions um, whilst the calls were there I thought we obviously um, were quite negative and, and we've done a really good job this year we made a, a focal p- a focal point this year was to you know if calls happen and you don't agree with them not to let them um, dictate the way we played and we knew that obviously with Kevin Braswell the coach um, obviously making a point of it we knew they were going to come out and um, ever you know change the game in a, in a different dynamic but yeah, you're exactly right. 10 10 start to be down to being down 16. And, and even, you know, I think in the fourth, like we'd make a couple of, you know, good good stops, good possessions. And then, you know, Webster hits a, a tough step back three yeah. and hits a floater. They were still up nine with five yeah, minutes left it in the game. Um, it was good. But I, I guess, you know, one of those things is like that's been our trademark, that sort of, uh, you know, a lot of hustle plays and just a lot of heart and guys just really willing to put their body in line to... Um, to, to get the win and um, you know obviously I was pretty pumped to be on, on the, in that fourth quarter and yep. to have a bit of an impact and I Big thought part of it. Um, Jesse was tremendous I mean I was, we remarked about it before it was sort of a bit weird I got done with the game and obviously always you know go over the game with my wife and say you know who do you think you know he really stood up and she was like oh Jesse was fantastic and I sort of was like oh yeah look um, he was he was solid and then it was until I saw a tweet later like he had 13 points in the third quarter and then in, I remember a fourth, couple of big plays yeah, 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 yeah in the fourth quarter then I thought yeah, actually, yeah, he hit, hit some big shots and some big free throws and a nice lefty on long on a drive. And, um, yeah, you love that because, I mean, there's, I guess, some vets that really stood up that when you need, like a guy like Jesse. And then, obviously, you just had Mr. Consistent Nick Kay once again being um, bloody amazing. Yes. Um, and then Mitch, obviously, putting that pressure on the, on, on the ring with his penetration. So... Yeah, huge win. Um, obviously, now getting into this little bit of a break, hopefully get some bodies back in, in Angus and Dame, I'm sure we'll talk about. And, um, yeah, huge signs for us because um, irrespective of um, how we're winning, we're getting it done. And on the back end of a season, you know, like you can – you get a lot of confidence when there's those times where you may not be playing well. And, like, even that, like at half time, like we deserved the spray. Like I was excited for Trev to give us a bit of a tongue lashing because we deserved it. Um, but I could, like, see we – that there was still a lot of confidence in amongst the group because we were playing quite poorly. We weren't playing to our standards. And it's a funny thing that you say is like, if you're playing your style and your brand and you're losing, that's when you're like, there's something up here. You know, even sometimes, I even remember like last year, and I don't like to talk about last bit, you're, you're winning by four or six, but, you're, and, but you don't really have control of the game and you're playing your style and you just went, oh, this game could turn. Um, whereas right now, like when we're facing those little deficits or even, you know, 16 points, I was like, yeah, we're not playing our style, nowhere near it. Um, so things can turn and that's exactly what we saw. And so, yeah, that definitely galvanises a group. And, and I guess in a funny way, because of these injuries, it's provided opportunity for a lot of guys to step up that may have not had the opportunity at the start of the year, like a guy like Reese, you know, Clint obviously, Obviously, he's been asked to. Um, he's shooting exceptionally well, but maybe he wasn't asked to do what he has has been done or been provide those opportunities. Um, and I thought he was fantastic as well on, mm-hmm. on on Sunday, being quite active. And and obviously a guy like Mitch, who you know has, has shown how good of a point guard, but he's just I think taken uh, his game to another level and yes. and been given those reins. Yeah, he's been enormous, Mitch Norton. Uh, take us inside that locker room at halftime. Yeah. Where where does that rank on the power rankings of Trevor Gleeson? coaching uh, sprays is that right up there yeah, what, it wasn't what we actually, sort of said no nah, and I think it was it wasn't 
Like it wasn't as bad um, as I don't even reckon it's maybe top five. Okay. Like we had a couple, um, yeah. Like and we got it. Like I know I was like, yeah, here we go because we haven't had one all year. And I love, like yes. I love a verbal and, and barrage. You're not yeah. often down thirteen on your home no, floor at yeah. half time. And um, and it was funny because even after the game, we were. Um, we were catching up and a couple of the guys and even like like Nick and Mitch like they were like mate we haven't even seen that side to me because I gave a blasting to the guys like on the court when we were down 10-0 and then gave them another serving like at half half time and um, they hadn't really seen that side of me obviously that yeah like to that point like they had seen I guess a little uh, a very frustrated Greg Hire so uh, but it's good because I, I guess even yeah Trev knew that like he could you know, you want guys to respond in a positive manner, and that generally does happen when your coach gives you a, a bit of a spray. Um, but it, he didn't have to, like, you know, it wasn't a case of motivating us. Like, we knew what was wrong. Um, it was more so, you know, and it's funny. Like, as much as you sometimes you shy away from your game, like, you know what's successful, and that's defense. That's been our backbone. And as soon as we're like, you know, we gave up 46, I think, points at half time, we were like, that's unacceptable. And once that was rectified, yeah, the floodgates open and you start rolling. Um, the Nick Kay section of our show, which we <laughs> yeah, spoke about a couple out. of weeks ago, um, I wrote an article yesterday about yeah. saying that Nick Kay deserves to be in the MVP conversation yeah. in this league, and that's not a that's not a homer uh, point of view. That is a legitimate. You look at the I numbers; agree. he's the most efficient player in the league. He ranks in the top dozen players in the league for basically every major stat category Um, and then on Sunday just doing what he was asked to do played the five uh, down the stretch when you guys were able to to put that winning run together sort of put the team on his back without Bryce there how enormous has he I mean is he surprising you to this point or are you guys just expecting that from him every week now and I'm not going to I'll say like he's been sensational and even like when we signed him um, I've always rated him. I always thought he was an absolutely um, fantastic player. I thought he was a beast, and he and he works hard. And you know, I always knew like he's going to buy into the you know like our clubs built on that work ethic and higher character sort of guys. I knew he would slot straight in. But I always even remember like you know he'd have some really good games. But I was like, you know, Jesse's had a few like really good battles, and and you know even he'd be like, yeah. Um, to be honest, I was like, there's, there is not too much of a difference. Like I thought, yeah, he's a great recruit. He's going to obviously be a really handy addition. Um, but I even initially thought, yeah, well, who are we going to start? Like Jesse's shown he's been around for so long. He obviously has been that six man for a while. But mm. I was like, yeah, who? I, I didn't think there was that massive separation. Not saying there is right now, but to me, he has surprised me with how efficient he has he has been. Even like uh, at preseason. When if I thought, yeah, he's performing well, um, but I, in these games he's just taken it to another level. Like, um, you know, there's times I think one, the one thing that's really surprised me is is his rebounding. Um, he obviously rebounds really well at training, but from a game perspective, I, I guess that the games where Gus has gone out has he's been immense. Um, and and what I say that is like sometimes you'll be. I remember a couple of times in Illawarra, I'm obviously always trying to grab a rebound and I'll be in a bit of a tussle and seeing the ball pop up and then I'm going, okay, here's a 50-50 ball. Um, this is my chance to get it. And then there's Nick, you know, right behind it grabbing that rebound and he's just all over the place and he's got an unbelievable motor um, for a guy that how physical he is. He's a, a sneaky athletic. I think people, that's an underrated... Yes, and, and that's value. the thing. He's yeah. sneaky everything, everything. seemingly. And... Um, but yeah, obviously against the game against New Zealand, you know he's, he isn't known for his sh- outside shooting, but to hit, hit two massive threes, obviously one down the stretch, and he mm-hmm. just um, makes the right plays. And 
you know, for obviously the the fan, I'm not saying for fans aren't knowledgeable, but for people that know the game, they obviously they don't see what a, a, a player that has played their, the the game of basketball their whole life, they don't see the screens and the the cuts and all that, and that's. You know, we call it you know hockey assist. You know, like one guy may make a hard cut, and because of how hard Nick plays in his hard cut, that allows Bryce to be open the next play or the next cut or um, Clint. And the screening, you know, he's so selfless. Like he sees the next guy. If as soon as a guy maybe uh, you know opposition is is out of rotation, he's already there. Like he's he's easily our best screen. I think the best screen in the league. Um, so when you ask, has he been surprised? Yeah, I, I definitely think he has. I mean, it's it's funny because. Obviously, all the attentions on Bryce and how good he is. He's, a, he's the reigning MVP, and and that. And I don't know whether. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I think he did write it up. But if yeah, if Nick was in Melbourne, Sydney, or mm. Cairns and Illawarra putting these numbers up, you'd be going, yeah, he's a he's an MVP contender, you know. And there's still people asking, is he? Uh, like worthy of an NBL fir- like first or second like to yeah, me that's yeah. a no brainer like, yeah there's some still be some men. astute fans who wouldn't be able to tell you what number he wears on the court and that's not a go at the fans of course. that's just the of blending course. into what and, he does yeah, and he is yeah mate he is uh, going down as one of my favourite teammates just because of his demeanour I mean yeah like he just go one like he he expects so much, so high of himself. His standards are, are ridiculous. Like I, I love seeing him. Like um, after training, days off, he'll come in and, and get shots up, and you know he'll have to hit ten in a row threes, and he will, will not leave. He might be there for forty-five minutes and an hour. That's not a blemish in his shooting style, but that's just how thorough he is, and and his body of work. Mm. Nah, I've got to hit these ten threes or whatever. Um, and he's just, yeah, so tough on himself and obviously shows on his output in the games because, yeah, as I said, he's been fantastic. Um, the great Michael Jordan switching gears here, Greg. Are you obviously, going to the cow? No, 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 no that was <laughs> a big cow. How much bigger was that cow than the other cows? It sort of surprised me when I'm watching the news and then it's like... It's a large Betsy cow. the cow and comparing it to Michael Jordan. Like, you don't get too many things compared to Michael Jordan. No. Like, And I was like, oh, okay, well, sick. Well, at least there's a Michael Jordan reference in here. But <laughs> yeah. a huge yeah, cow. I love that that's where they went straight away. Just the cow, we've got to yeah, compare exactly. it to an athlete. Um, MJ once wore, I think, the number 12 single in it became yes. a collector's item yes. he also wore 45 for a little bit yeah. are we going to see the same with you wearing number 34 <laughs> in New Zealand and yeah. then I think you had number 20 as well yeah. at one point um, there's a few bloody uniforms I was going to say did they almost run out of uniforms and tape and that was the last talk one. us through the headwear the whole, that you had to develop there after you got a couple of knocks as soon as I got it it was like getting obviously the needle like the local to, to numb it and then I was like I'm staying away from the glue we're not going yep. that route again we discussed that a couple time, of weeks ago not glue getting in the eye. eye yep so yep. we stayed away and then as soon as like I looked at the cut because the funny thing as soon as it happened I was like it's bleeding like there's no doubt like and I felt it and then I, as I was walking off, like I would have heard maybe five or six people like going flopper, like, and I was like, literally, like, uh, the pleasant, awkward, yeah, okay. but I even think watching the video, I, it's funny, I want to look at it, but I think Jared Weeks maybe insinuates like that was a flop, and I then I think he realized, like, oh no, like. <laughs> He's bleeding profusely for, for his yeah, forehead. We'll but let him have that one. Yeah, so I got off to the bench and sorry, out at the back and sort of obviously, you know, um, as an accidental clash or elbow to the head, but mm-hmm. sort of wanted to get out there and it was funny, like, um, you're obviously like, what's the score? And there's, um, you know, trying to f- figure that out. 
And then got back in and I knew I looked like an absolute clown. Like, because as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's an awkward spot. Like, to where, however they tape it, like, if you're going to put a bandage on, like, initially they just wanted to put, like, this one little strip, like. And yeah. I was like, mate, that is not sticking on. So, obviously, we go on the headwear. Um, and so, I know I look like an absolute... There, there's a reason there's no headwear collection in, like, Correct. fashion shows. It was a joke. The and runway. then, so, obviously, I had a bit of a laugh. Even, like, the guys hadn't seen that because I was still getting taped up during the halftime talk. So, when I got out there, like, some guy... <laughs> I was like look back like I could see Tommy just like trying not to laugh and when I subbed in some guys hadn't even seen me yet so they were like Brilliant. wow and I'm like I'm not even going to try and talk um, serious here like I'm not going to talk hey let, yeah. let's run this play because I knew they just wouldn't be worrying about they'd mm-hmm. be worrying about what am I actually wearing any any new nicknames or comparisons no, not yet. that popped it's been, up everyone's just been calling me Harry Potter because of this obviously the scar, okay, the scar um, yeah, right. but it hasn't been too bad but yeah and then obviously to get it hit again and get the foul for it Mm -hmm. Um, I was like because I you know I was feeling pretty good and I thought yeah we're on a bit of a roll here Um, and then to get it and I was like here we go I'm bleeding I'm out so I was very very frustrated agitated and I had to because I um, I basically called my wife and told her to FaceTime me the TV screen so I could watch the game because it was about six minutes left or whatever <laughs> so I sat in the change room waiting for the guys to get in and get the tape and I literally just watched so my you're, phone so you're watching your wife Ainsley hold the phone correct yeah. the action on the TV, TV. back in Perth yeah. in Auckland while you're in Auckland well MBL TV you can't watch uh, the app you can't watch it overseas okay obviously okay. we're in Auckland yeah. so yeah. then I had to call her she was like y- you've got the MBL app and I'm like no it doesn't work so then I'm like just put it up so literally that was like <laughs> eight of my family members like my, my in-laws and sisters-in-laws and my grandma and all that and my son just all I could hear him was yelling and uh, and then yeah so then I went and as soon as I was like alright sweet I'm out and so I watched it so it was sweet so um that's great and then yeah I was able to, to get the win in overtime could so. have picked up some information in the timeouts oh exactly um, <laughs> there you go <laughs> speaking of the guys who were banged up I spoke to Damo yesterday he sounds like he's confident yeah. that he's going to get back for next Thursday so obviously we've got Imagine a week so. Between yeah. now and, and then, um, can you give the fans an update on Bryce and how he's tracking with his? Yeah, I, I think it, it's still very early in the piece. Like, obviously, the swelling has gone down significantly. Obviously, really positive signs in terms of the sur- like not re- being required to uh, have surgery, which yep. is huge. Yep. He's in a soft cast at the moment. And will be for I'd imagine for the immediate short future. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be until next week. Like, it's it's in a good way, obviously, because of the timing. He'll be completely out. Um, you know, he won't figure in any action to, I'd imagine. We, we fly to Sydney early, obviously meet the Boomer guys over there to have training sessions. So I'd imagine maybe until that very moment, just to put, I mean, there's no point putting any sort of stress on that ligament or that, that hand region because, you know, you, obviously you want to get the swelling down as much as you can, then I'm sure they'll go through the scans and then see where it's at. So, yeah, it's, a, it's obviously, um, we don't know, like... A, that's all they've given us in, in terms of those reports but I know from, from our angle uh, it'll be interesting I mean from a player perspective like uh, tell any player even if you've got an injury or a ligament like um, hey yeah might be at 
even fifty percent. I mean, when I was going through my calf and and all that, like if you give me a chance to play, you're playing. Um, and I know Bryce will be trying to get back on the court as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So you obviously have to be a bit smart. We obviously don't want to to further uh, damage it, but I hopefully I think that's it's past that point. Like you can't do anything like that. So it's just a point of getting that swelling down right now, and and then yeah, seeing how how we can go from there. Excellent. Well, that sounds like promising news, and obviously it'd be nice to see you guys with a full eleven man roster sure. at some point in the near future. Um, switching gears to your sister club, the Lynx, yes. um, who are also at the top of their game and at the top of the ladder doing very nicely. Um, a piece by my colleague, an excellent piece by my colleague Craig O'Donoghue yep. uh, yesterday in the paper and online at the West uh, about Maddie Allen, a fantastic piece. She really opened up about her struggles, what she's had to go through um, in her life, including a suicide attempt, depression, anxiety, self-harm. Um, obviously, this is in your wheelhouse yeah. with your work with um, with a stitch in time. Tell me your reaction to that piece and and what it would take for an athlete to come out and and put that out there um, in the open and, oh. and and what kind of reception they would receive. Yeah, one I, I can't uh, commend uh, Maddie for for being so courageous mm. in actually opening up and, and discussing her battles. And obviously, she's been full on up front. And if everyone, if no one has, oh, sorry, if someone hasn't read that article, I, I'd employ you to do that. The West Online, check it out. We've taken an immendous amount of tremendous, tremendous courage to do so. I, I've, I'm knowledgeable of um, <clears throat> not to the extent what Maddie's gone through. She's actually a part of the Stitch in Time in terms of our st- steering committee. So um, I've had. I've had the pleasure to have some some chats with Maddie in, in that regard and before she had even signed with the Lynx she had wanted to be involved with our organisation and obviously you get people that are, are passionate and vo- on board and obviously you know part of be- becoming on, involved with Stitch and Time you just you know you the very first step I you know I discussed why I'm passionate why I do it and obviously Maddie came out with her story and you know I reached out to her and obviously commend people all the time to be very honest and and because I think it makes such a, a huge difference obviously one to open up to yourself and to be courageous but it can really impact people's lives and I think in in her doing this, um, one, I don't really know if there's too many current professional athletes in the basketball, respective basketball leagues, both male and women, definitely not in the male um, league, to to actually say I'm currently... um, having issues with mental health conditions and for her to do that is shouldn't be underestimated like I mean she's obviously um, one she's she's just like me and you and, and to the listeners but she's different and she's a professional athlete that's living in in you know dealing in tough environments with yes. a, a certain expectations yes. and yeah I think for her to do that obviously shows one she's she's thriving in in playing at the moment um, but also emphasizing that yeah she she's still living with these with these struggles and, and battling with some certain issues um, but she's still trying to to get on with everyday life and, and try to be a professional athlete and be the pe- best professional athlete she can be and so absolutely tremendous I mean for her to do that huge um, I've, I've reached out I've shared it a few times and I'll, re- I'll, I'll, I'll share it again because I know it would have taken a lot of um, guts to go out there and um, you obviously once you put that out there on an open platform you open yourself up to, to be criticised and um, obviously there's been really positive feedback and I hope that continues um, and I hope there's a lot of support for her within the both respective uh, clubs but I also hope that maybe um, one it maybe gives a little bit of confidence to any other athlete not just in, in basketball in general to, to open up themselves and to say yeah you know I'm dealing with some issues and you know and I think it's I think I love it because it's 
it's raw. It, it's not like hiding it and saying, yeah, you know, like it, she, she, she's honest in saying she still seeks out help, you know, in terms of seeing a psychologist, you know, she still has her daily struggles and um, she's put some methods in how she deals with that. And I think that's, that, that's huge. And so, yeah, absolutely tremendous article. I mean, obviously every time I see some of those things, it, it's huge. You, you want to hear it. I guess not when a, a player exits out of the game and to say they struggled and to that they don't receive the adequate support um, and you know I think it gives a little bit of understanding as well if, if those people within the club her teammates may have not known um, not to say oh oh we understood why you may be a bit quiet um, or you know in, in a week's time they can go but I think just a little bit of education as well and of to course, reach out yeah. um, it's huge for sure yeah. and another reminder that it, these things don't discriminate for sure. professional athletes for sure. are not exempt and um the more we can get that message out there, the better. Um, a quick one around the league. We didn't get a chance to touch on this last week uh, with Rashad Tucker on the pod, which was very well received. Our, yeah. I think it was our most popular podcast <laughs> of the year, so a lot of people were liking so. Rashad. Um, the South East Melbourne Phoenix yeah. will be the ninth team in the NBL. Your thoughts on the name, the logo? I'm sure people have seen it by now, that yeah. sort of green name. I, personally, I don't mind it. The South East Melbourne, I know there's a heritage there. It's, it does sort of always seem oddly specifically yeah. geographic to me. Yeah. Yeah. If you sort of <laughs> sold it to people overseas saying South East Melbourne. Yeah. So how many Melbourne teams yeah, are in the competition? Is there a North West? And other than that, I thought it was good. Your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, obviously, I understood the you know the rise of the Phoenix and coming from the Ashes. Mm-hmm. I thought the yeah, marketing story. video yeah. was, was tremendous. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I, you know, behind it, I think it's good for me. I don't really care about names and colours and all that sort of stuff. I just want another team in the league and to see, I guess, the, the great sport of basketball yeah. continue growing. And increase so, that talent pool a bit, right? You know, like, exactly right. So, for me, I go, you know, like, from a green, like, there's no green since the Crocs have left, so why not? That's a vacant colour. And, to you know, look, I, I am a bit of a traditionalist, like, to, you know, bring in South East at Melbourne Magic or Spectres or whatever, all these sort of teams. Like, yeah, why not? But when you're going with a new club... Um, um, it's gone, I think. You know, I understand there's a lot of passionate people, but um, I don't really understand why there's ever hate. Like, I'd be, hey, sweet, new colourway, unless it was, I don't know, like a very ugly ugly mustard or colour that doesn't go around. But, I mean, even there's Hawthorne. They've got a mustard, don't they, in That's a way? True. So, I true. don't know. But I think each to your own. Um, if they're successful and they start winning games, I guarantee no one will be crying about their name. That's for sure. Correct. Uh, we'll hammer through a few quick Twitter questions before we get out of here. This one from Ross Hall Butson. Who won Paper Scissors Rock between <laughs> Greg High and Reese Vague in the pre-game handshake? Two and O. I'm glad someone looked You're at you. You're two yeah. and O. So I went both rock, and he's just he's young buck. He just went like scissors like both times. Went so just, scissors. That's yeah. a questionable decision. I know. Rock. I'm I'm strong. I got to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to go again for your next? No. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll change it up. We'll see. So okay. yeah, but it's good he he, he saw it. So it's always because generally when I'm starting, right when I got that, like I don't have much time. So you've like sometimes even Reese is frazzled. Like he's like, oh, I've got to get it done. Yeah. Um, when you're on the bench, you've got like time galore. You've got to burn time. So, um, but no, I don't mind a little rock scissors paper. Excellent. Um, this one from Renee Avalos. This is a this is a vision question, which we won't yeah. be able to show right now. But I'm asking a question for this week's podcast. What was happening there? It's basically talking about the end of your game on Sunday, the dying seconds, and it's yeah. a shot of Damo and Bryce yeah. on the bench, and Damo sort of holding Bryce back. Bryce is looking a little bit worried, and then there's sort of relief at the very well, end. Do you know what I, that I, married I up spoke, to? I did say a vision is quite uh, quite humorous, but I would imagine being the joker Damo is, what he's done is trying to make sure Bryce and jump back in with the salmon um, <laughs> and have a four point. <laughs> the four point play so yeah 
That's excellent. Um, and this one from Glenn McDonald is, Greg heard homicides, Perth hate, and what does he think of it? Now, we normally try and keep this a homicide Williams free zone <laughs> on the podcast. Um, it's it's obviously a big talking point around the league. He filmed a video yeah. a couple of weeks ago yeah, totally. sort of suggesting a few reasons why he didn't like Perth, which was, um, I think, Galen Young yeah. getting axed after you guys won the title in 2010. There was some stuff about Casey Prather and... Yeah. Um, the singlet buyback yeah, program, yeah, which yeah. I mean, I, from a personal point yeah. of view, I didn't think that was disrespectful. Nah, I thought that was a marketing yeah, decision. Kids yeah. want to be wearing singlets from players who are playing for the current team, as yeah. opposed to ex-players. Did how do you guys approach the whole homicide thing? Yeah. I know he's a, a commentator of the league. You yeah. have to pay him some respect. Obviously, a former sure. MVP of the league as well. Do you kind of just block out the noise? Yeah. How do you approach it? Yeah, look. To be honest, I mean, it should be very naive to say that you didn't hear what he's been talking about or his comments. I mean, obviously, mm. I'm on social media, so it's all over all over the place. Um, to me, it's, yeah, I mean, that's... His job is to engage with fans, and I always say this, it's like... I mean, I obviously disagree with a few things he said in the past, but I don't really have it much, you know, like people are going dis- to you know, have their, their opinions. To me, like, um, that hate, like... It's a, it's for me. It's a, it's a marketing ploy on his regard. He's done very well. He looks at the biggest fan base in the NBL, which is the Perth Wildcats, right? You've got in terms of your membership base or your social media reach, and what, what benefit does he get if he says, oh, "I love the Perth Wildcats"? Like he's just going to go, "All right, well, he's got all the Wildcats on his side," and then has, you know, just the over East people to say, "Oh, well." You're an idiot, all right? But if he targets the biggest fan base, he gets the rest of Australia absolutely loving him and he gets all of the Perth Wildcat fans engaging engaging with him saying he's a tool. Um, and so he's engaging with everyone and doing it the right way. Now, I, I would question whether he thinks we're not talented or we're not good enough. Like, I'm sure he, he obviously loves Melbourne and he loves Sydney, but it's a smart if he, you know, obviously people think he's dumb. It's a smart marketing tactic by him to go, I'm going to target the biggest fan base in Australia and he wants engagement and that's what he's done. So, yeah, look, I, in terms of blocking it out, like I don't really hear from it. I mean, I always, to me, I don't, I never I never agree with um, when I've heard in the past him singling out players and, and saying his opinion. I understand it's a business when he always says that, but for me, it's about growing the league, you know. Um, I don't think you, there's any reason behind... Um, calling out a guy and saying he's not performing and doing all that sort of stuff. We're, we're all professional athletes. We know when we're not playing well and all that sort of stuff. You know, to me, there's enough bad news on the and the media, negative news around the media and trying to bring stuff down where we need people to bring up the league, especially when we're on such a, on a, on a growing bus. Like, we want to hear those stories. We want to hear if, if there's a, a Matty Allen in, in the NBL and to see them, you know, dealing with adversity, you know. Like, I want to hear, you know, Jock Dang wrote a really powerful piece as well regarding, you know, his... his um, He's leaving Sedan and, and how he's done it. I want to hear about Bogo. I want to hear about uh, you know, Mitch McCarron, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. So that's what I'm about. Like, I love, maybe because I'm a bit more of a positive sort of guy. And I think, you know, there's always those storylines you want to talk about it. But I don't think there's always a need to say, oh, this guy isn't performing well and he needs to do that or get sacked. I mean, it's guys' livelihoods, you know, like there's families, like there's people <laughs> like need money to get fed. You know, I need more and more guys to be, yeah, put on the knife. So, but in saying that, yeah, we don't really talk about it. I mean, sometimes we have said, um, 
we, you know, you'll, you'll hear something and have a bit of a laugh. And I think the best form of responding is to continue getting wins. Um, and if we can get a championship, I think that'll be the most emphatic yep. way to that's, say yeah. we don't agree that's, with you. That's the ultimate response, <laughs> isn't it? Um, before we get to the crystal ball, another reminder, the Binar Cup Challenge yes. this week, Sunday, down at Loftus Centre. Yep. Um, preparation's coming yeah, along nicely. It's full, it's full with teams. So we've got Excellent. 150 kids coming down. Um, so absolutely fantastic turnout. Um, so yeah, come down. I'll start at 8, get done at 7 o'clock. So obviously free. There'll be sausage chisels and the Binar Sports are having cakes and all that sort of stuff to fundraise. They do a bunch of tours along with a stitch in time. So um, yeah, come down and see some very, very talent, talented kids, Indigenous kids, a lot of people from different uh, diverse backgrounds. So it'll be fantastic to come down and watch. Excellent. Uh, my crystal ball, that was for a stitch yes. in time. My crystal ball <laughs> is a Mitch in time. See what I did there? There we go. For the uh, Boomers this weekend, Mitch Norton and Mitch McCarran, those yep. two Mitches, I think you're going to find Qatar and Iran just struggling to match <laughs> two Mitches at the top of their game. Absolute pests, playing with a lot of confidence. Obviously, McCarran had a yep. game winner against Sydney um, and Mitch Norton's been yep. balling out for you guys in that increased role. So I think you're going to find those two causing all sorts of problems uh, playing for the bonus. Well, my Chris is the ball, and this will be uh, maybe players as well as fans that you'll see the very first time, maybe all season, that or maybe since the first game, everyone back healthy in the lineup for the next week game against Sydney. So Excellent. There you go. That'd be music to the fans of Wildcats, uh, music to the ears of Wildcats fans, I should say. Greg, enjoy the rest Appreciate of the uh, time off. Thank you. We'll see you next week. And to our listeners, stay tuned to Perth Now in the West. We'll chat to you next time. The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home and abroad. 